The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. This is Rainmaker FM, the digital marketing podcast network. It's built on the Rainmaker platform, which empowers you to build your own digital marketing and sales platform. Start your free 14-day trial at rainmakerplatform.com. These are the Writer Files, a tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of working writers. From online content creators to fictionists, journalists, entrepreneurs, and beyond. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, writer, podcaster, and mediaphile. And each week, we'll find out how great writers keep the ink flowing, the cursor moving, and avoid writer's block. In this episode, journalist and creative nonfiction author Sarah Stadola stopped by to share her file with us. Her recent book, Process, The Writing Lives of Great Authors, is a fascinating collection of the habits and habitats of heralded scribes. Ms. Stadola is also an accomplished journalist and editor whose work has appeared in the New York Times, Mental Floss, The Nation, Wall Street Journal, Slate, and many others. Stay tuned to learn about the process of an author who is a curator of writer porn, a window into the processes of the grades. Sarah, it is a great pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Your book uh, is one of the coolest things that I've found this year to kind of dig into and, and really enjoying it. Thanks. Thank you. The way that I describe it is, you know, it's, it's crossed between nonfiction and some really interesting kind of sociology, psychology about the habits and habitats of these famous writers. And it's just, I mean, it, it, it's right in line with, with what, what I'm doing with the writer files by kind of picking the brains of working writers from all kind of different realms. So, um, I've called it uh, writer porn in the past, but it's, it's just really yeah. a purely amazingly well-researched kind of look into the minds of these, these great authors. So let's get into your file, if you don't mind, and talk a little bit about your process. Sure. For listeners who don't know you, mm-hmm. what, who are you and what is your area of expertise? I, you know, I have a, a strong background in journalism um, that's kind of crossed over with, with creative writing over the years. Um, so I'm kind of working in the, at the intersection of that um, really focusing on, on kind of literary writing and, and, and that kind of thing. And where can we find uh, your writing? 
Um, <laughs> in a lot of different places. Um, I've done a lot of, you know, I do a lot of travel writing. So you can find me in the, the New York Times travel section quite a bit. You know, I've recently started doing a series on, on different literary topics for um, a publication called Mental Floss. Um, and then, of course, you can find me in my book. <laughs> yes. And I will drop a link to process the writing lives of great authors uh, in the show notes. And uh, that way people can find it but, it. but they definitely should find it. It is a fun, fun read. What are you working on presently? I am not, you know, I've, I'm not at a point where I am in any way ready to embark on another book project. So I've, I'm kind of, you know, back to doing shorter, shorter pieces at the moment. But I'm also doing a lot of stuff on the kind of editorial side. I'm the editorial director of a website called Strollby. And then I'm, I'm just about actually to, to launch a little side project um, with travel writing, a kind of online travel magazine that's called Flung. So you'll have to stay tuned for that, but it's not launched quite yet. Let's talk a little bit about your productivity and really dig into your, your process. Um, in the book, you, you, you kind of define uh, different, I would say, um, classifications of writers. You've got the nine to fivers, the productive pr procrastinators, which I love, um, autodidact, et cetera. And um, so let's talk about your process. How much time per day do you read or do research yourself? I would say it definitely varies depending on where I am in a project and even, you know, what kind of project I'm working on. With the book, I, I was spending, you know, before I would even start writing a chapter, I was spending at least a week just on on research for a chapter. So there, there were these kind of phases of very intensive research where I wasn't even really doing all that much writing. But on, on, on shorter pieces, you know, in kind of my everyday writing life, I would say the average probably runs more to a couple hours of research and reading. And before you uh, put pen to paper or, or start to uh, write, do you have any pregame rituals or practices? In the mornings, I definitely don't get started without a cup of coffee. I think things feel really wrong to me if I'm sitting down at my desk without a cup of coffee in the morning. Me too. So. <laughs> what is the most productive time of day for you? And do you have a do you have kind of like a favorite locale for um, writing? Most productive time of day, you know, kind of mid to late morning, probably. Um, you know, I sit down pretty soon after getting up in the morning, probably by 7.30 or 8. I'm sitting at my desk, but I think I kind of ease into true productivity. Um, and I think I kind of hit my sweet spot, you know, a little later, probably from 10 to noon or something is when I'm at my best. And then by mid afternoon, I'm, I'm usually worthless. <laughs> so I definitely, I write at home the most often. I'm really, I'm really comfortable at home and kind of hunkering down by myself for, for the duration of the day. But I do find that when it comes to, to mid afternoon, when I, when I feel like I'm fading, but I do want to keep going. That's, that's the point where sometimes a, a change of location can be really helpful to me. And those are the times that I might head out to a, a coffee shop or someplace to, to work. I love that answer. And I actually, um, totally resonate with that. Cause I feel the same way when I start to get antsy here and less productive, a coffee shop is a, a good, uh, uh, almost like a psychological, um, trick. It is. And it's, I mean, it's stupid, but you know, you're by yourself and then you go out to a, 
a coffee shop and and all of a sudden there's other people there that will notice if you're not working <laughs> or at least that's how it goes in my head so so then it's like I feel the pressure from from outside to to get to work agreed and the, even though you are still alone at the coffee shop technically because uh well if you're me you have your headphones on and you're just kind of in the zone but it is something yeah. about this like the sound of the coffee shop and or just the the eyes the other eyes uh, of people <laughs> ju- judging. Are you I definitely experienced that. The <laughs> judging also. <laughs> Are you a writer who likes to listen to music while you write or do you prefer silence? I like, I do both. I, I, I don't know if I have a preference. Sometimes I think to put music on and I do it. Um, and sometimes, you know, the whole day kind of goes by in complete silence. Um, the one thing I can't handle is, NPR. Uh, my boyfriend loves to listen to NPR in the morning <laughs> and it, it kind of ruins me. I can't focus at all when it's on. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction, And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Would you say that you stick to kind of a schedule of a certain number of hours when you're, when you're working on say a deadline or. I mean, definitely the, the power of the deadline gets me working longer hours than, than I would normally be capable of. Um, but on a typical day, I think I'm probably sitting at my desk for, you know, probably seven hours or so. Not necessarily that all of those seven hours are are spent being very productive in my writing, but that's kind of the chunk of time that I give to it. And do you write every day? I don't. When I'm working on a longer project, I do. I, you know, getting in the rhythm of being in it every single day is really helpful. Um but when I'm between projects or if there's not something really pressing, I'll allow myself to not to not write in a day if if nothing is compelling me to do it. I think I know the answer to this next question. 
um, okay. because you you talk quite a bit about writer's block in uh, process. But um, do you yourself believe in writer's block? Uh, what do you think the answer is? I think you do. Um, but I don't know if you have ever suffered from it personally. Um, I don't think I have really ever suffered from it. Um, I think, you know, I think that, you know, do writers go through phases where they cannot complete the the project or the piece that they want? Absolutely. Um, I think our understanding of, of writer's block is, is usually not quite accurate. The, the way I see it, you know, all writers can kind of physically put words on the page anytime. It's, it's, but the block, what we call the block is, is not a block of being able to write. It's, it's a block of being able to get what we want to write out on the page. It's just kind of, it's kind of a block of ideas more than, than writing. Well put. Let's talk a little bit about your workflow. What hardware or typewriter model are you working on over there? I use a Lenovo Yoga. I think it's a Yoga Pro 2. It's a laptop. Excellent. What software do you find yourself using most for writing and kind of your general workflow? I'm pretty consistently on on Microsoft Word. Yeah. Do you have uh, some methods of madness for staying organized? I do. I... I am a compulsive list maker. <laughs> I have a um, perpetually running to-do list that I probably rewrite completely every couple of days, but that's definitely a crutch of mine. When I was writing the book, I I actually had a folder, uh, you know, for each of the eighteen authors that I covered in the book had their own folder and a whole filing cabinet system to to keep all of my research and drafts organized. And I'm sure that was um, a pretty sizable amount of... It uh, was. It, it got a little unwieldy after a while. How do you unplug at the end of the day? It's pretty simple, I think. Um, I, I usually, mid-afternoon, go on a long walk with the dog, which I find is really helpful to my state of mind. And then later on, usually, you know, a glass of wine. I, and I skipped, um, actually, my favorite question of the bunch here, and I think uh, it'll probably be a pretty good one for you. So we, I have to go back to, do you have any best practices for beating procrastination? Just a quick pause to mention that The Writer Files is brought to you by the Rainmaker platform, the complete website solution for content marketers and online entrepreneurs. Find out more and take a free 14-day test drive at rainmaker.fm slash platform. I do. I am a huge proponent of the program Freedom. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, I'm not. So Freedom, it's. I think it costs ten dollars, and you know you download it, and and when you open it, it asks you how long you want to be blocked from the internet, and you kind of enter the increment of time, and then and then the program starts, and and that's it. You're <laughs> you have no choice but to to be in the Word document from from there on out. That sounds actually pretty effective. Um, it's, I mean, it's kind of amazing once the program is running, how often I, without even realizing I'm doing it, start to switch over to the internet to check my email or to do something. It's, it's involuntary almost. And then I start to do it and then I can't do it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, right. I'm supposed to be writing. And I, and I come back to the, the piece I'm working on. I, I am a big fan of the timer method. And, um, mm. so I do like that element of it. I think I'm also somebody who appreciates being able to, um, get on 
an online dictionary. So that would be tough for me. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely when I, when I am using freedom, I'll end up taking a few little notes down about things I need to look up on the internet once I'm allowed back on it. That's cool. Let's talk a little bit about creativity now. Can you define creativity in your own words? I think, I think that kind of true creativity is very closely aligned with related to originality. Um, it's kind of to be able to do something that that's never been done before or to do something in an unprecedented way. Um, it's like to, to kind of envision something out of nothing basically. And who or what is your muse at the moment? <laughs> um, I, we were just talking about this. Um, I would actually say that springtime has has reawakened my my interest in all things. Um, we had such a bad winter here, and I kind of hunkered down to such a extent that I was I was not interacting enough with the world to to come up with ideas anymore. And so I'm kind of having this this huge interest in everything over the past month or so. And springtime in New York City is is one of the most amazing times for sure. It's the best, yeah. <laughs> When do you uh, personally feel the most creative? I mean, when I feel, you know, when you have that like feeling of, of the urge, um, it's definitely right after this kind of spark hits me when, you know, the spark of a new idea and when you're feeling really motivated and inspired by that idea is definitely when I feel the most creative. And I, I, I usually find that if I don't kind of follow through on that spark and that impulse right away, uh, I'll often lose it. If I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm so inspired by that. And then I, and then I don't sit down and work on that idea right away. You know, then the next day when I come back to it, I'm not feeling as creative about it anymore. What makes a writer great? So I talk about this a bit in the, in the introduction to process, you know, there's certainly this element of genius that, if that's what we want to call it, that has to, to be present to make a writer great. Um, but there's also, in all of the great writers that I wrote about, there's also just this element of perseverance. Um, you know, none of them, even though these are the, the world's greatest writers, none of them write perfect or even close to perfect first drafts. Um, but all of them have been willing to, to rewrite something, you know, 12, 13, 14 times if need be. You know, F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote his first novel from, you know, completely from start to finish, rewrote it three times before it got accepted for publication. And I think that's something that tends to get forgotten is that, uh, you know, the very thought of writing a draft of a book one time is so daunting. And then to have it not work and then to go back to it and start completely over and do it again is is kind of amazing that that writers are willing to do that. And I think that's definitely factors into to producing a great writer. Who are a few of your favorite writers at the moment? I've been super into um, Nick Palmgarten uh, at The New Yorker, his features that he writes for them. I've, I've been so into. He did the, um, that Billy Joel profile a few months back, which I just thought was so fantastic. Um, and then I'm currently I'm reading, I'm, I might mispronounce his name, Knausgaard, you know, the My Struggle books I'm reading. I've, I've just finally um, dove into those and, and I'm really loving them. Are there six of those? I think there's four right four. now. Gotcha. I don't know if that there's going to be more, but 
I know the fourth one just came out. Can you share a best loved quote? <laughs> yeah, um, it is, quote, uh, there are three rules for writing a novel. Unfortunately, no one knows what they are. Um, and that was Somerset Mom that, that said that. Um, and I think it gets right to the, you know, we spend so much time trying to figure out the, the formula for writing. And, and it turns out nobody really knows what it is. Yes. And we also have an internet uh, crammed full of millions of ideas on this. Right. Exactly. Um, just for fun, who is your favorite literary character? Uh, well, today, um, today it's, you know, I was just going back and rereading parts of, um, of Balzac's uh, human comedy for a piece I was working on and, and was kind of reintroduced to the character of Lucien and that who, who's this, um, you know, very ambitious writer and, um, and he's just kind of this really good rendering of, of literary ambition gone wrong and gone awry. If you could choose one author, uh, living or dead, for an all-expense-paid dinner to your favorite restaurant in the world, who would you choose and where would you go? I think it would be Oscar Wilde. Um, I think that would be a guaranteed fun night. I think I would let, I think I would let him choose the place. Good call. <laughs> and pick up the check. Um, Definitely. <clears throat> So you talk, you talk a little bit about um, writer's fetish, fetishes in your book. And um, do you yourself have a, a, a fetish? Um, I don't in terms of, of collecting or, or anything like that. Um, I definitely fetishize the just your basic paper mate mechanical pencil. Um, I need those so badly for, for editing. Um, and I always have dozens and dozens of them on hand and dropped all over the house. Um, it's, it's definitely a very important item in my, in my process. Sounds like a fetish and perhaps a hazard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who or what has been your greatest teacher? I, you know, in the literal sense, um, a grad school professor of mine, Melissa Monroe was, was definitely the best writing teacher I've ever had. Um, you know, in terms of, of craft, in terms of, you know, the, the exact type of encouragement that I needed at that time in my life. These days, I'm also, I'm in a writing group um, that I've been, you know, kind of active with for probably three or four years now. Um, and it's just become this amazing resource for me for testing out my writing and my work. Can you offer any advice to fellow writers on how to keep the ink flowing and the cursor moving? I think... I think part of it is just to to not worry so much about what the first draft is going to look like. I think at least half the battle is just getting that first draft down on 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 paper and then and then once it is down, I think you'll look at it and probably have a good idea of how to fix it. Where can fellow scribes connect with you out there? I think the best place is probably on Twitter. Um, and my handle is is just sdola. Very good. And thank you so much for uh, sharing your process with us. And I really do hope that uh, writers and listeners find process, um, the writing lives of great authors on Amazon and in bookstores, um, because it is pretty awesome. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Great. Thanks for having me. And remember, if you're having a rough go at it, some of the greatest writers of all time have sat exactly where you're sitting now.
Thanks for tuning in. For more episodes of The Writer Files and all the show notes, or to leave us a comment or a question, drop by writerfiles.fm. And please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a rating or a review and help other writers to find us. You can find me on Twitter, at Kelton Reed. Cheers. See you out there.